Welcome to Market Week in Review for the week ending February 28, 2020. I'm Sophie Antal-Gibert, and I'm joined today by our quantitative investment strategist, Dr. Kara Ng. Good morning, Kara. Good morning, Sophie. It's a pleasure to see you. Great to see you, too. We are going to do a little bit of a deviation from our typical three-topic um, sort of coverage today and dive deep in the coronavirus. Now, I do realize we just shook hands, so <laughs> we're going to not cough during okay. this episode. Don't touch anything. Don't touch anything anymore <laughs> until we can get some sanitizer. Um, um, but I'm hoping you might be able to give us sort of an update on what is the new news around coronavirus. And then I wanted to pick your brain. We've been receiving a flood of emails from clients with questions around the coronavirus and potential impact on the economy and global markets that I wanted to get your take on live today. Does that sound fine? That sounds fabulous. Terrific. So maybe starting with what is the new news that we've received this week about the coronavirus? Sure. The S&P 500 is 15% down from its all-time highs. And the 10-year Treasury yield is below 1.2%, which is at a record low. This risk-off move in markets is driven by the spike in coronavirus outside of China. So, for example, uh, cases in Korea and Iran surge. Now, Iran is significant because the Middle East lacks the infrastructure to properly contain the virus. There were also many outbreaks in Italy, which have now spread through uh, many countries in the European Union. And we all know the negative impact that China's outbreak had on supply chains, the demand within Asia. Now it looks like Europe may suffer the same fate. And within U.S., there was an infection case where the source of infection couldn't be traced back to China. This community spread infection is scary because it means that the virus could be more prevalent than statistics currently suggest. The U.S. and globally, economic activity and earnings growth will be hit. But let's separate the economy from the market. Uh, the market is generally forward-looking and rebounds relatively quickly once the negative impulse is removed. Um, in other words, the virus will delay our expected rebound in economic activity and earnings growth, but equities may bounce back fairly quickly after the virus is contained. If the market overreacts, this could be a buying opportunity. So you mentioned buying opportunity. That's one question that we've been getting a lot from, from clients as we're speaking to them live and also you know, via email and on the phone. Um, is this a buying opportunity? I mean, we're sort of so close to correction territory, especially if you look at sort of global markets. Um, the UK is, is, is down significantly within Europe as well. Should we be looking at this as a buying opportunity or is there, are we going to go lower? What is your feel for that right now? Mm -hmm. In our opinion, almost, but not yet. The magnitude of this sell-off was uh, intensified by how hot the markets were getting in mid-February. Remember, markets are generally efficient, um, except during episodes of extreme fear or greed. Our suite of positioning, um, survey, and technical indicators suggests that many markets, including the U.S. equity market, is pessimistic, but not yet at the extreme level of indiscriminate panic that we saw in the December 2018 sell-off. Okay. Well, that that's somewhat reassuring, I guess. Um, what about, um, do you think that businesses would actually shut down if the pandemic spread and became you know, even more severe? Is there, is there a risk that businesses literally would shut down? If you're talking about containment measures, it depends on each country's appetite for containment measures, but in theory, yes, um, many businesses could temporarily be shut down. For example, China shut down factories. Japan is temporarily shutting down schools. Italy banned live soccer games and fashion shows. Travel restrictions, closures, 
and quarantine are part of a government's toolkit to help reduce contagion. Now, for the U.S. Um, and many countries um, with a similar profile, uh, U.S. economy is largely services. So instead of perhaps shutting down completely like you would do with um, a, a country with lots of factories, some businesses could have the option for their workers to work from home. So then in that case, would you expect, and again, this is clients asking, would you expect the impact of the coronavirus on markets and economies to be sort of a shorter term temporary uh, impact? Or is this going to be longer lasting, especially if we look at the impact that this has already had on corporate earnings? The answer might be unsatisfactory, but it really depends on when we can contain the virus. It's okay. You're an economist. We knew it depends. It's going to come at some point. It depends. Um, so as of right now, the hit to the economy is at least one quarter. Past two or three quarters, and we might have some trouble if, um, unless we get some fiscal and monetary stimulus. The problem is factories that are closed down produce no output and disrupt supply chains. Mm -hmm. Travel restrictions um, hurt tourism and services. Increased uncertainty may delay capital expenditure and consumer spending. And then we have the wild card, which is economic contagion. If businesses start going out of business, this could ripple through other companies, the financial sector, and the consumer. Unfortunately, the longer the virus shock, the disproportionately harder the recovery will be and greater the risk. So we've been talking a lot about the next recession at some point is going to come, and now you're talking about ripple effects and longer-lasting impacts. Are we thinking that this might be, the coronavirus might be the thing that tips us into this recession that we've been expecting for a while globally? Or what's your, what's your view of that? It's not our central scenario, but it is a possibility. So remember, global, um, globally, central banks are accommodative, but they have limited firepower. If this growth slowdown uh, causes uh, credit defaults or a negative confidence spiral, yes, countries may dip into a recession. If the virus is aggressive enough, a global recession. Now, depending on um, which country you're looking at, uh, you have some bright spots. For example, the U.S., even though the expansion has been very long, economic imbalances are few. Uh, for example, banks are well capitalized and household leverage is relatively low compared to other pre-recession episodes. So even if we do get a recession, the growth could bounce back fairly quickly once the virus is contained. Kara, thank you very much for your insights. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today, but they were incredibly valuable. And thank you for joining us. We'll be back again soon.